Welcome back to another episode of Birdie and the Cowboy Sports Talk. In today's episode, we will be discussing last week's playoff games and news from across the Palmetto State. We will also dive into some college football news, rumors, and games for the upcoming week from around the country. Let's lead off with Shane Beamer, the new ball coach for the South Carolina Gamecocks. I personally think this is a questionable hire considering he has not ever played called before and also we don't know about his recruiting. He's never landed a five-star, but he has landed some pretty some pretty dang good receivers that have been decent in the NFL. Jay, what's your thoughts on this hire? Birdie, I love the hire. I'm going opposite of you, man. Let's look at the resume of Beamer. He's worked under Lincoln Riley, Kirby Smart. Them two guys have consistently made the playoffs. He was at South Carolina during their best time period ever when the coach Spurrier, the old ball coach. He's worked under his dad, Frank Beamer, only one of the greatest college football coaches to ever do it. This guy is ready, and he is prepared for his for the start of his head coaching career. You say he's never called plays. He was a special teams coordinator. That's the only other coach on the team that has to address the whole team, has to have communication with the whole team, and has to, have to, and has to do write-ups for the game, okay? The only other coach. He is well prepared for this, and I'll disagree with you because if you remember, he was the interim head coach at Virginia Tech during his five-year stint there when Frank Beamer was out for a few games, and he won a bowl game. Okay, so he's got what it takes. You're talking about his recruiting. Look at the players who have backed him. This guy is going to have South Carolina on the map again. All South Carolina's solid stars in the NFL, guess who they're backing? Beamer. He, he's heard from a lot of solid players, including a wide receiver that you were mentioning earlier, the one he helped convince to come to Carolina, only maybe the greatest wide receiver to ever do it in a Gamecocks uniform, Alshon Jeffrey. This is huge because now he's going to have former players backing him. He's coming in. He's a solid hire. This is his dream job. This is what he's wanted. He took less money to hire a premier staff. So what he lacks in the five-star range of recruiting, he's going to bring with him to coach other positions. Also, what I'm hearing here to the ground is Connor Shaw staying. They're wanting to try and convince uh, Bobby Bentley, South Carolina, great. I mean, he's a coach in Hall of Fame just for high school to stay on staff. We're looking at O.C. Bobo. He could potentially stay on staff depending on what he wants, but he's most likely gone. We know Robinson's gone, and – uh Right now, this is just looking like a great hire. I love it. Look for South Carolina to be contending again. As he has stated, he's going to mix in a bunch of different offenses. He wants to be able to run the ball and pass the ball. So look for him to pull a Lincoln Riley. Play to a sh- player's strong suits. I like. I love the hire. All righty, let's continue the coaching carousel. Carousel. We have Gus Malzahn of Auburn, Ed O of LSU, and Tom Herman over there at Texas. These coaches are pretty much all three in the hot seat. They've all had a pretty rough year. Um, Just look for these schools to maybe even fire these coaches by the end of the season. Jay, what do you think about all this? Yeah, man, let's start with Gus Malzahn. This guy has had an up-and-down tenure at Auburn, as well as being maybe the most overpaid coach in the country, sitting at $6.8 million right now. I think it's time for the barn to move on, though. As the usual question is for me, who's a better hire? And this year, we actually do have some candidates I love. Look at P.J. Fleck. With this ball team, I feel like he fits right in. This is the perfect piece. I'd love to see P.J. Fleck come down if the money's right from 
Minnesota and take over this Auburn team. I don't know how much interest there would be mutually, but I'd love to see it happen. And this Auburn team, as much as I would hate to see Gus go because, you know, he usually has a not-so-hot Auburn team, and as an Alabama fan, I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. But I think it's time for them to move on. I mean, the man just has not won consistently. And that's just what I – that's all I got to say about him. But next up, we got Ed O. I know we've seen this comparison a lot, but it's just like white on rice. You can't miss it. He's Gene Chesick 2.0. He's lost the whole program. He's lost the locker room. Look at all the players gone. He just got embarrassed by Nick Saban after he ran his mouth and showed an unclassy performance after last year's win. Okay, and lastly, his prize bell cow of the future in tight end Arik Gilbert just announced he's potentially hitting the transfer portal. What else can go wrong for this Edo-led team? Look for it. Look for them to, if they get rid of them. Look for them to go after maybe a Billy Napier right down the road in Louisiana, because right now it's looking like his Louisiana team would whip up on this LSU team. Look for him. He wants five mil a year. I think LSU's inclined to give it to him. So look for Billy Napier to come in and absolutely run with that job. Next up, we got Tom Herman at Texas. What can you say? He walked into a gold mine with the foundation already set as Charlie Strong left a solid team behind. The only problem is he hasn't improved this Longhorn ball team. But I might shock you with my take right here. I'm sticking with Tom Herman simply because who wants to coach at Texas? Obviously not Urban Meyer. So who's better than Tom Herman on the coaching market right Nobody's now? Nobody's wanting to go to Texas. Texas is a job where you have to go in, you have to perform within two, three years, or you're on the chopping block. Texas is just in a mess right now. And, I mean, they have some nice pieces in running back B. John Robinson. But it comes back to what I said. Who's better on the market? Who would want to come to Texas? There's not many coaches that would want to go to Texas and play in the Big 12 against Oklahoma. The only reason coaches go to the SEC is because they can make a career in the SEC. They could potentially get an NFL job if they do good in the SEC. In the Big 12, you're just going to lose to Oklahoma every year. So, I see why coaches wouldn't want to go to Texas. Not to mention the drama that comes with Texas. A lot of drama. The boosters Texas. run the boosters run that program on a tight leash. And Texas hasn't been good in so long. Now that leash is even tighter. If you go to Texas, you might have two years. And who wants to walk into this dumpster fire Tom Herman's got? He's disconnected with the players. The players aren't liking him. I mean, we've seen that stated many times by former players. He doesn't communicate with the players, so therefore you want to let him go. But it's back to the point. Who do you hire that's better? He has done the best job at Texas, and uh, the fan base doesn't like him either. Maybe you can get a Hugh Freeze to come to Texas. I think Texas would go crazy for that, but I just don't like that fit. But what are your thoughts on the whole whole situation, Brady? Well, the way I look at it, I think you got to give Ed Ogeron to LSU two more years. If he doesn't perform in two years, because his team is super young right now, but if in two years they're not above – nine wins because that's what LSU is going to expect. I think you got to kick Edo to the curb. Um, Tom Herman, he's just in a mess. you got to feel for the guy. He's just in a bad mess over there at Texas. And Gus Malzahn, it's his time. His time is done. They need to look for a different coach. He hasn't – sure, he's won a natty, but he hasn't done anything else for this ball team. He can't even – he didn't even beat Georgia the year they made it to the SEC championship. He embarrassed Georgia. What was it, 48 to nothing or something? They and then they got, got whooped in the SEC championship. Yeah. And so, back to the point about Ed Orgeron. I know you're saying two more years, but have you seen the dumpster fire going on at LSU? LSU is in a dumpster fire right They're, now. Well. Uh, the NCAA is about to attack them with violations. They got nothing good going for the program right now. And you're saying 
if he can get to nine wins in two years. Buddy, the real question is if he has a program in two years. That's true. He can't keep players on the team. He's lost the team. And he can't recruit. He can recruit good, but the problem is how can you recruit when you're under NCAA violations? And also, how can you, either way, if you do recruit good, you're still not going to have the best class in the SEC West because you got Nick Saban over there at Bama stealing all the players. So LSU is a dumpster. I forget about Texas AM. Texas AM can recruit too. Jimbo Fisher is a dang good recruiter. So. Let's just go ahead and move on and talk about this Coastal Carolina Chanticleers ball team. They have improved tremendously since last season. They're now 10-0 coming off of a huge win against a pretty dang good BYU Cougars team. I think this Chanticleers team is legit and have the chance to only get better. They are a young team, so watch out for this team to continue their dominance for not only the rest of this season, but also next season. Quarterback Grayson McCall is an absolute stud. He is playing out of his mind and looks to only get better. But, to be honest, the unsung hero of this team is their defense. They come to play every single week and always find a way to create turnovers in clutch situations. What a ball team Jamie Chadwell has down there in Conway, South Carolina. What's your thoughts on this ball team, Jay? Oh, it's a heck of a ball team. And let's just go ahead and say this. They are underrated. Only 13 in the poll today. out and shut down Zach Wilson. You might say he hasn't played anybody, which is true. But the mullets came out there and abused him. They even got into a little, it was dirty. Yeah, it was dirty. They even got into a little scuffle. With play him. until the whistle. Yeah, play until the whistle. I mean, what what can you say? They came out and got in his head and shut him down. We're talking about what was a Heisman favorite, a guy who played himself into the top ten of the draft and goes into Coastal and gets shut down by a program who's what? Only been in? They've been in the FBS for four, four seasons. Four seasons, yeah. So, Come on, also, hats off Coastal. They've been in FBS for four seasons. They're 10-0, and number 13 in the country. If they beat Louisiana in Conference Championship Week, they definitely need to be top 10. What we need to be talking about is their AD. Their the athletic AD, director is the unsung hero of the whole program. They have no terrible sports program. No. no. They have a national championship for baseball. Their, their basketball team is consistent. They haven't made March Madness, but they are a consistent good ball team. And their football – Coastal Carolina hasn't been dominant in football in a long time since they played in the FCS. So, Jamie Chadwell and the AD down there, they're Matt, doing some great things Matt at Coastal. Zaydi down there. What a guy. What a guy for Coastal. Let's go ahead and look at the playoff committee's playoff rankings that came out today. Of course, at number one, we see Bama and Saban. Number two, you got Notre Dame. Number three, you got Clemson, which is very questionable to me because then you have Ohio State behind Clemson. Ohio State's undefeated. Clemson lost to Notre Dame. What do you think about that three and four? I agree with it because Clemson's outperformed Ohio State this far into the season, as well as Ohio State's only played, what, five games now? Mm-hmm. Ohio State hasn't had a chance to show me anything just yet. I mean, what they have showed me is if Indiana wouldn't have had some, wouldn't have shot themselves in the foot on offense, they would have got beat by two or three scores. By Indiana. That's what they is showed Is Indiana me. a good ball team? That's Indiana's a dang good ball team, but is Indiana good enough to beat Ohio State by no, two or three scores? because Indiana is not a playoff team. Exactly. So, are you wanting an A&M who's at five? Do you want them above Ohio State? Well, Bertie, you're speaking out of my mouth, buddy. Give me the Aggies at five. Their only loss is the census number one, the University of Alabama. I know they haven't played as well these past few games, but right now, the way I'm looking at it, they're playing, they're just sitting back and letting the board fall. They're playing not to get hurt. Jimbo Fisher is the kind of ball coach who can come out and out coach almost every coach on the opposing sideline. 
Give me the Aggies at number four. Give me Kellen Mond, who, when he's played, a, who, who, when Jimbo's opened the playbook up for him, he's played dang good this season. Mm-hmm. Don't forget about that. He's played dang good. He beat a stingy Auburn team, and people are complaining because he didn't beat Auburn the way Alabama beat Auburn. But not many teams in the country can beat Auburn the way Alabama and not, beat Auburn. And there is not another team in the country that has Nick Saban calling their plays. So And Steve Sarkeesian. And Steve Arguably Sarkeesian. two head ball coaches. Ain't arguably to it because Steve Sarkeesian was a head ball coach. You got two head ball coaches, one at OC, who's an absolute genius. Have you seen the schemes he has? Plus, look at the three-headed monster Bama has in Mac Jones, uh, Najee Harris, and Devonta Smith. And then you got a defensive-minded Nick Saban. What a team. So after A&M at five, you got Florida at six. This is the most questionable ranking yet of the season. Iowa State, a two-loss team at seven above Cincy and Georgia. What's your thoughts on this? Above Cincy and Georgia. Above Coastal. Above Coastal as well. Coastal beat Louisiana, who absolutely stomped Iowa State. Ran a mud hole in them. They're a two-loss team. You're telling me if the playoff committee's goal is to put the best teams on in the four best teams, they have got it all wrong. So if you're telling me that and you're showing me Iowa State at seven, four best teams or the best teams after the four, Georgia whips Iowa State. Mm -hmm. Right now, I say Cincinnati's a six, seven-point favorite over Iowa State. You go down to Miami, that's maybe an even game. Oklahoma, they're better than Iowa State. Indiana, Indiana would whoop Iowa Indiana State. would whoop up on Ohio State. Probably, I'd say that's probably an eight-point ball game. And I think too. Coastal could beat them by two scores. I think I wouldn't say two scores. I'd put that line at ten points. That's two scores, though. Well, that is two scores, yeah, but I wouldn't say more than ten. Not more than ten. You're right. So, we got an Iowa State at seven, Cincy at eight, Georgia at nine, and somehow Miami is in the top ten. Miami is not a good ball team at all. I would rather see Indiana at ten – Miami at 12, and then Oklahoma State at 11. That's what I think I should be. Maybe you can even put Indiana above Georgia, but that's very controversial. Without Penix Jr. Without Penix Jr., you can't do that. If they did have Penix Jr., they would be a top 10 Although this right defense, now. I don't know, Brady. They stomped the mud hole in a solid Wisconsin offense. That's true. So, so after Miami, Oklahoma, Indiana, you have Coastal at 13, which is plum disrespectful. I know we're South Carolina boys. We live in South Carolina. But Coastal does not deserve to be that ranked that ranked that low. That's just straight up disrespectful. I think they're a better team than Oklahoma, straight up. They might they might could beat Indiana. They could definitely beat Miami. And then you got Northwestern behind Coastal, and then you got USC. They're they're looking good this season. They got them at fifteen. They moved up five spots since last week. USC over their does win. have two close wins though. They have two but close wins. That was wins. early in the season, so I'll chalk down season. the early jitters. Well, then we got Tulsa ranked at 24. What's your thoughts on that, buddy? Tulsa's a dang good ball team. They're still young, too. Watch out for this Tulsa team next season. And at 25, we have Mizzou. I absolutely love this, buddy. Absolutely love this. Their first year, their coach is a rookie coach. And they have a freshman QB. QB. Baselack is a beast. This Mizzou team, if they can get their recruiting foot going, which they just landed a four-star safety. So if they can get this recruiting foot going, Watch for this team to maybe be top 20, top 15 next year. And I'm true. saying that on So they'd be second or third best in the West. Yes. And that is very in the good. In the East. In the East. They play in the East. That is right. So next, they, up. So next year, it could be Georgia, Florida, Missouri, or Georgia, Missouri, Florida, or Missouri first, 
You're going to have Shane Beamer at Carolina. The East is going to be competitive next season, what you're I'll saying. I'll say Shane Beamer will take – actually, honestly, Birdie, the way I'm looking at it right now, Shane Beamer is going to have Ryan Holinsky and Luke Doughty. That's going to be a QB battle, and I lean more Ryan Holinsky in the Shane Beamer offense. And they could possibly have Brock Van De- – no, not Brock Vandegrift. Gunnar Stockton, if he a five-star QB. If, if he, he can land, if yeah. he can keep him. But that's going to be a three-way that, QB that'd battle. That would be year two under him but year one he's gonna have kevin harris who's arguably the second best running back in the sec this year and he's gonna have freshman sensation who before he tore his uh one ligament in his knee i believe it was the acl was maybe better than kevin harris coming back so they're gonna have two solid backs and marshawn lloyd and kevin harris watch for this south carolina team to be good next their year. weak spot is going to be their defense they're losing a lot this year to a to a, a very good south carolina defense this year before they opted out they were a dang good defense. They're gonna have well, the front maybe two. Still gonna be nasty. They, they're maybe gonna have two first round picks in the in the secondary. So, and well, the front seven's gonna have two five stars: Zach mm-hmm. Pickens and uh and uh what's uh Jordan Birch. That's true. So this front seven's gonna be nice too. Next up, we got NC State jumps up into the rankings at number twenty three. I think this is purely overrated. I don't like NC State at all. Me either. And uh, lastly, we have Louisiana. NC State beat Liberty by one point, and somehow Liberty is not ranked, and they've lost one game. Mm-hmm. So, And Louisiana jumps up to number 19. Absolutely love this. This is a solid ball team. Barely lost to Coastal, who we both think is maybe a top-10 team this season. I That's going to be a dang good conference championship game. And I think Louisiana might can pull off, pull off the upset and shock the mullets. Watch out. Uh, let's talk state titles for South Carolina. This season, the biggest news was AC Flora, a 4A team getting its first title win in school history. This was huge considering head ball coach Dustin Curtis won a ring in only his second season back home. This is huge considering the beatdown they put on consensus favorite North Myrtle, 42-7. And we thought this North Myrtle team was legit. AC Flora wasn't playing around. Jay, is this the start of a dynasty in 4A? I think so, man. Look for their head ball coach. He's done it in two seasons. Look for him to continue building his resume. Give me them winning maybe one or two more within the next five years. Next up, Brady, we got Dutch Fork. They win state again in a dominating 28-6 win over T.O. Hanna, who's just a defense powerhouse. This team is just as close to unbeatable as possible in South Carolina football. This team has earned its top 15 national rank and looks to continue its decade-long dominance of Carolina football. Looking to the future, though, the only team I see beating them is a Dorman team featuring freshman sensation Zay Jones. Let's not forget, Dorman is the closest team to be was the closest team to beating the Fork in State a, a few years back, and they only lost by one point. So a field goal would have done it. So I think Dorman and I might, think the field goal might have been blocked in that yeah. game as well. So I think uh, Dorman might be the closest team to beating them, but Dutch Fork is just too good. Next up, we have 3A. We witnessed Daniel dominate a solid Camden team in the 3A state championship. Camden beat Burns this season, which was huge considering Burns is a 5A school. And Burns, you just don't hear them losing to a 3A school. Daniel was just unbeatable this year as they knocked off my favorite, who was also Jay's favorite in the Chapman Panthers. This offense caught lightning in a bottle and just gashed every defense they played despite having an average defense themselves. When I look at this Daniel team, I see a squad that can repeat as I expect Chapman to start taking a few steps back. Jeff Frewster's ball team is peaking at the time. And watch for them. Watch for this uh, Daniel team to make a title run in the next few years as well. 
Southside Christian rolled in a blowout fashion, 42-6 against a outman Lakeview team. Look, this Lakeview team had no business playing in this game. It was just complete and thorough domination by Southside Christian in a game we all expected them to win. Look for them to go out and fight for the repeat next season. Now, Birdie, what's your teams to watch in every class next year? In 5A, I'm going with T.L. Hanna. I know they just got beat 28-6 by Dutch Fork, but that's the 15th-ranked team in the country. So, T.L. Hanna's probably their top three in the state best football teams in 5A. They have a young quarterback. They're returning a lot of players. They're going to get better. In 4A, you got to watch A.C. Florida. They just came off their first title win, a blowout win over North Myrtle. It's going to be interesting to see how 4A is next year. 3A, I have my eyes on the Woodruff Wolverines and the Wren Hurricanes. They're two solid ball teams. They're going to lose a little bit, but they have their incoming freshmen and their rising sophomores. They're good ball players. They're talented. Both of those schools have huge talent. 2A, you got to look at Chesney, the old ball team in Chesney, South Carolina. They are a, they're going to be a powerhouse before long in 2A. Maybe look for them to beat Abbeville next year. And 1A, I just think you're going to see Southside Christian just roll the table. I don't think anybody's going to be able to rise no. up in 1A. All right, well, I'm looking at it. In 5A, I'm going to disagree with you. I'm going with a team who just knocked off T.L. Hanna. Watch for Dutch Fork to do it again. My other team, my 1B, so to speak, will be Dorman. In 4A, watch for South Point. I like the South Point ball team a lot, and I'm going to throw a shocker out there and say watch for them to be a good ball team. In 3A, I think Chapman's about to take a step back, but don't count out Walt Waddell and this Chapman team. But So give me them. Well, I think they'll make one more push to try to win state. In 2A, I really like – give me Woodland. Watch for this Woodland Wolverines team to just dominate. They got a great OC down there, solid offense. They probably should have won Should have and played Abbeville in 2A this, this year in state, but they lost the game they should have won, and they won't back in the first round. So look for them to avenge that loss last year and try to make it to state this upcoming year. And 1A, I agree with you, Southside Christian's just too good. Don't look for anybody other than Blackview, Hilda, to even put up a game with them. And one more thing I'd like to say before we end this episode, who is your team in every class that's going to take a huge dip down? Starting from 5A going to 1A. Let's hear it, Jay. In 5A, honestly, I'm thinking Dutch Fork's about to take a step. Not Dutch Fork, uh, Fort Dorchester is about to take a step down. I like that team a lot, but they got some competitive teams in their region. 4A. I think North Myrtle's going to take a huge step. They're losing a lot. Losing wide receiver J.J. Jones. He's a big piece for them. And uh, 3A, I think I think Gilbert's going to take a step back from what they've done this year. Watch for Anor to just come out. Anor and Dylan to decide that side of the bracket. And 2A, a big dip team for me is going to be – 2A's tough because you got a bunch of competitive teams. But in 2A – I'm gonna say Barnwell. They got they got away with a few good ones this year. I'm gonna say they take a dip down next year. And one A, I think uh, Lakeview's gonna take a big dip. I don't think they had no business playing in the game this year. What about you? Five A, my team on the decline is gonna be the Burns Rebels. They've already hit their decline. It's only gonna get worse. They're losing pieces. Also, another five A team you might could look at would be Spartanburg. I think Spartanburg might be I think better. Raheem Jeter, their QB, I think he'll be better next season. But I think his senior year is when they'll hit their peak. But next year, I think it'll be a hard, team, a hard season for them. But watch for Burns to take a huge dip. In 4A, you got to look at this Greer team. 
they're losing their offensive line and their defensive line. It's going to be rough for this uh, this Greer team. They're losing linebackers. They're on, they're next year, they will have Peyton Diggins returning at DB, and they'll have Jaleel Skinner coming back at receiver, and they'll have their QB coming back, but their offensive line will look completely different. In 3A, for a step back, it's a tough choice, but... Daniel might not be as good as they were next, as good as they were this season. Next season, they're going to take a little bit of step back. They'll still make it to the semifinals, but they won't be nearly as dominant as they were this year. And two way, it's tough to say who's going to take a step back, but you might have to look at Abbeville to not be as dominant as they have been with teams on the rise like Chesney. Abbeville's still going to be really good, but they're not going to be, they're not going to overpower everybody like they usually do. And in one A. I think you're just going to see Lakeview take an even deeper, an either deeper dive to the bottom of the 1A state because they just got destroyed by Southside Christian. That kills your moral, and they're losing players as well. Lakeview is going to take And they just can't hit the peak they hit this year. No. Well, folks, that's going to wrap up today's episode of Birdie and the Cowboys Sports Talk. Come back later this week for another episode and next week for our All-State team.